Welcome back to NBD. This is episode eight, and I am all by myself today. Um, so it's just going to be me blabbering on. But luckily, I not only am really good at talking, but I have a lot to say. And today, I'm going to be talking about a couple topics that are, you know, a little bit more serious, um, but in a casual way. And that's kind of a, that's very purposeful. Um, because I want to talk about critical thinking and politics and have a discussion about that because I want to show that we can have those discussions about that without it being an attack or without it being um, a violent interaction, you know? Um, I did think about making this into a video essay that was a little bit more formal in its format, but I think it's important that it's just kind of me sharing these thoughts. Um, So basically, I wanted to talk about critical thinking because I want our generation to be able to think critically in order to come up with our own opinions and engage in discussions with um, others that can expand our perspectives. Um, And I do want to point out that this uh, isn't intended for um, any specific political party, Republicans, Democrats, left, right. It's kind of the whole point of it is that we can all interact and have discussions about topics regardless of our views. And um, one of the points I want to make is that I feel like political parties kind of work to um, hinder our ability to come up with our own beliefs and values. Um, In the second episode of MBD that is only on YouTube and it's a shorter episode. Um, Meg and I talk about uh, spirituality and we talk about how in organized religion it kind of puts you in a box and it kind of bundles together this set of beliefs and tells you what to believe. And I feel like the same is true with the two-party system and really any political party because what it does is it groups together a group of beliefs into one system and then if you subscribe to most of those beliefs then maybe you adopt that um, political system but then it comes with a lot of other beliefs and you know I feel like Generation Z is always being criticized for being a snowflake or being snowflakes and the truth is we are snowflakes, but not in the way that we're fragile. I mean, I'm sure that's true to some extent um, based on some definition of fragility, but we're snowflakes in that we're all unique. I mean, and all the generations are all snowflakes. We all have a unique set of beliefs and no two people have the same ones. So I kind of just think it, it gets in our way. It simplifies things, which is why we do it, but I think it gets in our way to have political parties um, because we're less likely to be able to 
like form our own beliefs because we feel like if we believe the majority of a set of beliefs we just have to believe it all which isn't true and I also think that they're kind of political parties that is are unhelpful because um I mean people subscribe to it to a a party without even really knowing all that entails um uh, sometimes that means that you're just taking on the beliefs of your parents or maybe even your friends or just the people around you and the truth is not all of us are politically um educated um even the people that are politically educated aren't educated on every aspect of their party of other parties and so I don't know I just feel like it's a label that we use to separate people and um it's kind of they've kind of lost their meaning because a lot of people don't really even know what uh what they're saying so I feel like one of the reasons why it's hard for us to engage in uh discussions and conversation about things that are going on in the world is because of a lack of tolerance for ignorance so ignorance is a term that gets thrown around a lot nowadays and i feel like the way it gets it's it's used as an insult to mean that um you're stupid or it's used as um a means of calling someone out um maybe some people use the word ignorant in place of the word bigot And obviously, those two overlap. Um, But the truth is, the definition of ignorance is a lack of knowledge or information, which means that everyone is ignorant to some degree. There's no one knows everything. I'm ignorant about some things. And I, I just think everyone's ignorant in some way. And when we shut down conversations by accusing someone of ignorance, it makes people less likely to feel comfortable sharing things that they don't know about which makes them unable to engage in conversation that could provide them with education so they know what to talk about so in conclusion to this point right here i'm just saying that a lack of ignorant a lack excuse me a lack of tolerance for ignorance leads to the lack of an opportunity for learning and i think a lot of people nowadays uh use the argument that there is no excuse for ignorance because we have such an an uh like we just have a huge access to uh information and i do think that is true and i do think it is everyone's responsibility to educate themselves on not only current events but um just uh i don't know anything (laughs) Um, I do think, because, and we do, we can literally Google it. And I'm the kind of person, if I hear a word I don't know, or I see something I don't understand, I Google it. Um, but the, I have a, a couple qualms with the argument of that there's no excuse for ignorance. And one is that, like I said, no one knows everything. And the things you know, you know them based on your specific set of circumstances. So that could be uh, how your parents raised you and what they taught you. That could be what school you went to. Um, An example there would be, I know a lot of people who went to Catholic school are very ignorant to a lot of concepts surrounding sex. Um, It could mean so many things that 
you can't just assume that everyone else has the same knowledge that you have because everyone else doesn't have the same experiences that you have. And you might be thinking, okay, well, I'm not, ta- I'm not talking about information I've learned from experience. I'm talking about stuff I learn on the internet every day. And that's the thing is that your specific um, uh, social media, uh, the algorithm, it's obviously designed for you. So just because you're seeing a bunch of information on a certain topic doesn't mean everyone else is. And sometimes I do understand that. Sometimes when people say something ignorant, I'm like, how could you not know this? Like, this is everywhere. But it may not be everywhere for them. And that's the other thing is I feel like everyone gets kind of caught in an echo chamber of their own beliefs. You know, you just, you if you like something, if you like a post that uh, is advertising your own beliefs, the algorithm is going to recommend more posts in that same belief system which means that you're just kind of uh bathing in this uh cacophony (laughs) of your own beliefs and you're not getting any other perspectives um so well so someone could believe that they are seeking out information and getting information they still may be completely blind to another set of beliefs because of the way the internet is designed and the other problem i have with the idea that there is no excuse for ignorance is that a lot of times people don't know what they don't know so you can't seek out information on a topic that you don't understand you don't know about or you might not even know exists so yeah i think we need to be a little bit more tolerant of um ignorance (laughs) and allow people to be wrong about things and allow ourselves to be wrong about things that way we can learn and get a better understanding of the topic at hand in order to form our own keyword educated belief on it um now a lot of another thing that i feel like gets in the way of being able to have um interesting and informative conversation is the concept of offense so Um, I'm going to, so, okay, I'm going to circle back to offense and offensiveness and offending people after I talk about another big topic, which is political correctness. Now, a little bit of history here, personal history. Um, I learned about the term political correctness when I was very young because my father is very, uh, political by nature and I remember him asking me when I was in middle school if I knew who coined the term politically or political correctness and I vaguely knew what the definition was at the time but um, that conversation did inspire me to like find an official definition of it and the uh, definition provided by Encyclopedia Britannica is language that seems intended to give the least amount of offense. And I'm sure that probably aligns generally with what you believed the definition to be. Um, but And I want to talk about that definition in a minute. But first of all, if you were curious about my dad's question, Trotsky, Leon Trotsky, coined the term politically correct um, when he in, in a push for the Bolshevik 
revolution, which is obviously a, well, maybe not obviously, maybe you don't know this. Honestly, I don't think American uh, history in school teaches that much about the Bolshevik revolution. Um, I'm not sure why, but I feel like we didn't really learn about it in school. But anyways, it's a left, it was a leftist um, regime. So the term politically correct or political correctness is typically associated with people who lean more left. And I feel like that should come as no surprise to anyone listening. Um, And that term has been used uh, by conservatives or right-leaning groups to criticize the left, um, to call it, to call, well, I'm not trying to reveal my political beliefs, not that it's not a little bit clear, but to um, accuse leftists of being snowflakes or to accuse, um, accuse them of uh, misinformation, which I will actually criticize because I think an example, a, a good example of people being frustrated by uh, the application of political correctness would be if someone called um, a Native American slash American Indian an Indian and then someone was like actually they're Native Americans or American oh or indigenous I think indigenous is the correct term see look clearly there's a little bit of ignorance there I'm pretty sure it's indigenous American is the correct term but I definitely said American Indian and Native American and I don't know if those terms are outdated but um, I the point I want to make here is that that I kind of wanted to make earlier but it's that ignorance exists with and without hate and I feel like there's a clear difference between when someone is being ignorant and coupling that with a hatred towards um, a group of people um, versus when they're being ignorant because they genuinely do not know. And I feel like that's something we should address and something that bothers me about the way we throw around the word ignorance because it really could mean that someone just doesn't know something and at other times it could mean that someone's being bigoted um, in their ignorance. So just want to point that out. But anyways, um, so someone may, someone who's right-leaning may roll their eyes um, about being corrected from Indian to Indigenous American. And the funny thing is, is that Indian is literally factually incorrect because they're not from the country of India. So I just thought it was not funny, but like interesting that one of the arguments is that political correctness is misinformation. Um, but again, I'm not trying to p- push political correctness at all. Um, and I'm just, I'm just talking about it and you'll see where I'm going with this in a second. So, um, our old president, uh, George Bush criticized the term political correctness by saying it's just used to replace old prejudices with new ones. And because in the definition of political correctness, it does, uh, it does specify that it is language that seems intended to give the least amount of offense. I do believe that hate is still easily spread, even if someone was using language that's technically politically correct. Um, but anyways, so the back to the definition. Uh, 
it is intended to give the least amount of offense. So this is where this ties back into the having uh, important conversations topic. Nowadays, one of the biggest things people get annoyed by is how easily offended either Generation Z is or millennials or I think it's usually um, used to target left people and they say oh you can't talk about anything anymore because everyone just gets offended and my problem with this is that I don't think offensiveness or offending someone means it's the end of an argument or the end of a discussion. If you're talking about something and someone gets offended and you're like, you're just going to get offended. I think that's the beginning of a discussion where you guys can talk about and exchange your perspectives in order to understand why one person is offended and why one person believes that the thing that they were saying isn't offensive or shouldn't be offensive. Um, And I feel like a good analogy here is with sarcasm. I'm a pretty sarcastic person and sometimes I'll be sarcastic someone someone will make a sarcastic remark to me like a like a playfully mean sarcastic comment and I respond by being sarcastically mean back and they'll be like oh my god chill out like I was just kidding and I'm like yeah so was I and I feel like that's kind of where offense plays in to the inability to have conversation because people feel like when they are being accused of being offensive that they're being attacked and they don't like that so in a way they're they feel offended when someone else is offended you know what I mean and I feel like that's why we can't have conversations and really that comes down to this idea of freedom of speech people say oh you can't you can't say things now because it'll just offend people or people will say offensive things and say yeah like in America we have freedom of speech and the thing is yeah you can say whatever you want you do have freedom of speech but it also means that anyone else can respond to your speech with their speech and I think that's something that we forget is that criticism isn't denial whoa okay what do I mean there like if I'm criticizing something that you're saying it doesn't mean I'm saying you can't say it I'm just criticizing it and the meaning behind it um and anyways I feel like that's just something we really need to point out and that brings me to a huge topic which is cancel culture and um Bob Dylan has a great quote that kind of touches on the themes that I'm going to talk about with cancel culture and it's from an interview from whatever year I will list it in the description and show notes um and it is when um it is sometimes a person's reputation can be far more colossal than the influence of a person and I believe in the context of that interview he was saying that to say that he feels frustrated that the, um, his reputation is um, highlighted more than his influence. Um, but you could also take it to mean that as more of just like a fact of, of life and modern um, fame, which is that 
a lot of times okay you're the thing about your fans as a celebrity will know all your work and what you do and if you do something to get canceled air quotes on canceled um a lot of times your fans will uh defend you um or stay with you because they still like your work but everyone else who's not your fan which is going to be the majority of the world um they aren't going to know your work they only know what you did to get canceled and so anyways um the thing about cancel culture is that I would say it's not something that most people would be like oh I agree with cancel culture or I think cancel culture should be a thing even though people may do it in practice I don't think it's something that people defend um, based on the concept itself. Um, There was a study done by the Pew Research Center um, that asked Americans how they define cancel culture or what they think the definition is. And um, they listed a couple options, but I'm only going to talk about a couple. Um, One is an action taken to hold others accountable. And I feel like that is generally how um, people attempt or feel like they're using it in practice is someone does something offensive, says something offensive, or um, commits an act that's unacceptable. And by canceling them, they're holding them accountable, saying that um, they shouldn't be hired by people, maybe that their art or work shouldn't be consumed by people. Um... Others say that cancel culture is a censorship a censorship of speech or history, which I don't think is fair because, again, if someone cancels someone for saying something, um, in their head, really all they're saying is that they don't believe that that person should have um, a, uh, like, I don't want to say a voice because that sounds... <laughs> really uh fascist but I guess I mean like they're saying that they shouldn't have a place at the table in whatever uh their um artistic medium is or of course this could have to do with companies and um anyways uh see I got lost in the sauce uh talking but anyways um so again if someone's canceling someone it's not censorship because again they're not um they don't have the person canceling them doesn't really have the power to censor them or to um get to somehow eliminate their work from the zeitgeist (laughs) i whenever you say words like that i just feel it's like when you say we live in a society it's like sometimes for the conversation you have to use that vocabulary even though it's so embarrassing um anyways Another definition that some Americans believe to be cancel culture was calling out someone you disagree with. And finally, uh, those who are challenged to face consequences like being boycotted or fired. And I think that I understand the um, idea behind cancel culture. Um, I personally don't want to... um, work with people who are pedophiles for example i don't i don't think they should be hired um 
But at the same time, that's not always going to be my under my jurisdiction. If I am a boss and I am in the hiring process and I find out someone's a pedophile, I cannot fire them. But if I work at a company or I don't even work at a company and I just know of someone that's uh, working there or attempting to work there and uh, they were a pedophile, like I can think, I can have the opinion that they shouldn't be hired or they shouldn't work there. But at the end of the day, that's not my jurisdiction. And I feel like that's kind of the problem with cancel culture is that I think it gives us a false sense of control over the world. And I specifically used an a, an action like pedophile, like being a pedophile in my example, because I feel like people get canceled for different reasons. And sometimes it can be about things they did. There's a lot of, you know, with the Me Too movement, a lot of sexual assault charges that got people quote unquote canceled. Um, or maybe um, stealing money, or pedophilia, or you guys understand what I'm kind of talking about here, Um, but then there's also when someone says something, and I feel like, um, you know, I grew up, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me type type idea and I obviously disagree with that I think words are very powerful and do make a difference and I do think when you're spreading hateful uh hateful language that that is not okay and not acceptable to me but it doesn't mean that I have the power to get people to not say that you know what I mean so anyways I just really I'm kind of just discussing cancel culture kind of vaguely and if you guys are wondering what my point here is it's more so just that I don't think it's a very useful tool because it gives us that false sense of control that we don't really have. Um, I do think accountability is important. So again this goes back to the my sarcasm analogy and the being offended and having conversations is when you point out someone's wrongdoings and hold them accountable that isn't the end-all be-all of someone someone is you're going to be criticized in your life whether you were famous or not and you can choose to take that criticism and understand it and learn from it or you can completely deny it and um refuse to even consider it as a perspective um but the point is it's not the end of the discussion and that's the thing about cancel culture is just because a lot of people believe that someone shouldn't be hired or someone shouldn't have a place at a certain table doesn't mean that they won't be and it doesn't um I don't know it doesn't like put this barrier that I feel like a lot of people have this idea that it does and I think we should respond to situations by um Again, when it's an action committed, like um, sexual assault, I completely understand wanting to not never consume someone's work who has committed assault or wanting other people to not give them a place at the table. But at the end of the day, that's not your control. And again, I'm just being a broken record right now. But the point is, is I just feel like cancel culture is the same thing as saying that you can't say something just because you offended people it's not the end of the story you can hold someone accountable i.e what some people may call cancel culture another person might call holding accountable holding 
placing accountability on a person. I think that's the word. Um, and basically, it's not the end of a career. It's not the end of a discussion. It's honestly the beginning of a uh, investigation into understanding more about another person's experiences, your own views on morality and ethics. And yeah, so I, I just feel like it's the beginning. And another thing about cancel culture is I feel like it comes from the fact that we idolize celebrities in the modern day. You know, we, I mean, and that's been a thing for a long time, since the 50s and 60s, like, people idolize these artists. Um, And now I'm going to be talking more specifically about um, artists, singers, songwriters, directors, whoever. I'm talking about artists. We idolize them because they create this art that we love to consume and we feel like we connect with it. That's why we probably like it. And so we feel like we connect with them. And so we look up to them and maybe take it too far and idolize them. And nowadays with social media, we can even see what they're doing every single day and we can see what we're doing they're doing at home. So we feel like we know them and we might think that they're perfect because again, they put they can they can control what they're putting on social media. In fact, we might even be able to idolize people more now because a lot of times the press of a celebrity is in their hands if they're using their social media. And if you're a fan of them, you're probably consuming their social media rather than um, the uh, I mean paparazzi is kind of out, so it's like you have less of those like tabloid headlines like meant to um demonize celebrities but anyways so people idolize celebrities they think they know them but the point the truth is we do not know celebrities and i think the reason people uh feel so devastated when one of their favorite celebrities says something that they don't agree with or does something socially unacceptable they feel kind of devastated and hurt because they looked up to that person and then that person did this wrongdoing. But it, it, in the fir- it was unfair in the first place because we told ourselves that we knew this person and we, we don't. And also, the thing about artistic celebrities is they're artists. They're not politicians and they don't know everything and we can't hold them to that standard. Um, Bob Dylan was very frustrated by the political responsibility people around him put on him and you know there's a lot of layers to that that I won't get into right now but I do think it's an interesting uh thing to think about because a lot of artists you know didn't go to college and I'm not saying college is makes you educated because it certainly does not and you know I'm sure you know tons, I know tons of college graduates who still don't know anything about current events. I mean, I could not know about current events, like, my degree is in philosophy and digital media, like, there's no, like, anyways, obviously I'm not saying that a college degree makes you educated, but I am saying that celebrities are focused on their arts, which means that they might not necessarily be focused on educating themselves politically or morally, and when we idolize them, we just hold them to this standard that is only going to let us down at the end of the day. And I'm sure it puts pressure on them. I'm not really worried about them in this discussion. But um, 
I think that's something we need to work on. Um, I've that's always kind of just been a pet peeve outside of this whole discussion is I hate the way people um, feel about people that they do not know. Um, I guess it's because I'm a little bit more cynical and skeptical and I just don't believe people are anything until I know them um, on a personal level. But um, I remember when I was younger, uh, my friends were really into One Direction and so I wanted to listen to their music so I was like in the loop. But I could never um, quite be in the loop because they also knew every single fact about each member and that's never how I've really been like I know a lot about Bob Dylan mostly just because I sought out a lot of anything he's worked on or written because I like his work and that has just allowed me to learn a lot about him but when it comes to um, modern artists or other like, I'm, I'm talking mostly, I think, now about music and maybe movies. Um, I just consume their content, and I don't really learn about them. And, you know, that, that puts me in a, in a strange position because there's also a discussion about whether or not you can separate the art from the artist. For example, a lot of people with the Kanye controversy will say, no, I don't agree with Kanye, but his music is fire. And, you know... I haven't quite uh, come to terms with my belief on that. And, you know, that's another thing I want to talk about is I feel like it should be okay and acceptable to not know what you believe, especially if you feel like you don't, you aren't educated enough on the topic to come up with an opinion. I do think, I mean, I'm a person mentally who likes to try and figure out and solve what, how I believe about something. But, you know, you're not going to have a belief on everything on every issue and that's okay and I think that should be accepted that way I could um, approach someone who maybe does have a belief on the on the situation at hand and express that I don't have a belief without being viewed as uneducated or incapable of having a discussion about it if I don't have a belief you don't always need to have an agenda to have a conversation that will teach you about a topic or a perspective um but as far as separating the art from the artist, a lot of people would say that it doesn't matter if you think his music is good, if he's, and now you can, you might be able to tell that I actually don't know that much about the Kanye controversy because I'm just not very well read on pop culture. I think probably just because it just doesn't interest me. Um, and I also never listened to Kanye's music, so it doesn't matter. But, um, and I think that's something that we should talk about. And honestly, if anyone that I know or <laughs> don't know is listening and wants to have a conversation about separating the art from the artist, please let me know. Um, I would love to learn more and show you how you can turn ignorance into learning. And I would use myself as the first example. Um, but yeah, because I've never really done a lot of research on the people's art who I consume, it's hard for me to pin down a belief on that. I do believe that um, there is a sense of uh, responsibility because if you are, say someone did is a rapist and then you consume their music, like you are actively giving money to a rapist. But at the same time, in a, our capitalist society, there goes another term that's just embarrassing to say in a conversation, but 
you're going to do that. You know, I feel like in 2020, we had this mini um, social justice enlightenment period where we learned a lot about uh, things that weren't quite right. And we all kind of, I think, especially Generation Z, wanted to take action. We felt responsibility to take action. Um, And we did a lot of things like, I'm going to use a personal example and admit to something here, like boycotting Amazon. You know, you learn about um, the evils of capitalism and you learn about what Jeff Bezos, how he treats his employees and how it's um, unfair and how he makes a um, in, what is that word with frack? It's not frack. Um, disproportionate amount of money um, off of Amazon compared to what he pays his workers. Um, And so, obviously, I wanted to do what was right, and I boycotted Amazon. But guess what? You know, I use Amazon. I do use it sometimes. You can get cheap stuff there, and you can get it quick. And sometimes, I'd say for art, obviously, it's different. Um, But, like, the thing about late stage capitalism is you it's going to be impossible to not um be a part of it it's impossible to not contribute to capitalism is what i'm saying so even if you believe that capitalism is evil and not right you're going to contribute to it whether you like it or not and i feel like that's something that's hard for us to balance our response our political social economic responsibility with our own moral and ethical views and I think that's really hard to do and I feel like that also may be why some people um are likely to not hold those beliefs that maybe something is wrong because they know they participate in it and so they don't want to seem like a hypocrite but I think we should just accept Um, again, I'm just here, I'm just talking about acceptance, but, um, I just think we should allow ourselves and those around us a little grace to be wrong and to participate in things that are wrong and to still have beliefs that aim to create a better, more fair world. Um, yeah, wow, I really just went on there at the end um I before I go I'm going to see if there's anything else that I wanted to talk about um I will just incorporate one last Bob Dylan quote from his album uh Oh Mercy I believe is the album uh the song is called Political World and I feel like the context of this album is important because it was a little bit later in his career depending on how you measure um his career uh because he's still technically I don't know he's technically still in his career but you know but anyways this so this was following um his the criticism from the public that he wasn't writing protest songs anymore and he wasn't political and he wasn't being who he was supposed to be as a songwriter so he's just he has all this basically the point is he has all this pressure on him to be political and make this political statement and I want to say pressure because he does have pressure but he was never he that man he does not he does not relent surrender I don't know he may have had pressure on him, but I think he was he was done with it. Anyways, let me just get to the quote. The quote is, We live in a political world 
Wisdom is thrown into jail. It rots in a cell, misguided as hell, leaving no one to pick up the trail. Uh, and you can interpret that as you want. I chose it because um, I agree. We do live in a political world. And I wanted to talk a lot about ignorance in this episode. And that line, wisdom is thrown into jail, I think is just... Um, I feel like it were you know I I really try not to pick apart his lyrics I try to just apply them because I know that he hates people analyzing his lyrics but yeah so I won't I'm not going to but you can do with that quote what you will um I'm sorry that this episode was a little bit more um informative and political and social studies ease well, I'm not sorry about it, but if if it brought you down, I mean, I'm sure you didn't listen this far, so that's all right. Um, but next week is going to be kind of a fun, more lighter episode, but we do have some um, hard-hitting topics to discuss as well. So it, it'll all come together, I promise. Um, let me know if you enjoyed this episode where it was just me talking. I tried to get my ideas down as concisely as possible but also I like I said I didn't want to make it a video essay and I didn't want to just um read a report so I was trying to make it a little bit more casual I don't know let me know what you think um I appreciate any feedback you give me um but yeah uh thanks for getting busy being born with me and I'll see you guys next time bye boys don't start you're rambling round on this road of sin or your sorrow bound take my advice or you'll curse the day you started rolling down that lost highway